This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Houston, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Utopia Football Podcast, the mailbag edition. We were off on Monday this week. The Texans were on a bye week. I was on a bye week. I was in Kansas City at the Kansas City Buffalo game. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more in a mailbag episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. I am Sean Pendergast, alongside the Hall of Famer and my good friend and our senior Texans columnist for SportsRadio610.com and, of course, GalleriesSports.com, John McClain. John, how was your bye week? How, how, how was it for you? Watched a lot of football on TV. Great. God, what a great day for colleges. You know, watched every pitch, the Astros, watching the Yankees and the Guardians, waiting to see. It doesn't matter to me who the Astros play. I kind of am sorry the Dodgers got eliminated because I wanted the Astros to beat the Dodgers because there will be people, and you know, we'll see if the Astros win the World Series. Well, it's tainted because they didn't play the Dodgers. And, of course, the Dodgers shouldn't have choked like dogs like they did. And uh, so I'm keeping up with everything. Texans coming back. You know, they had a little news uh, Monday, and they come back and they go to Las Vegas and play the Raiders, see if they win two in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of news on Monday with the Texans, and I think that's I think the overriding theme of this mailbag episode is going to involve that news. Jack Easterby out as executive vice president of football operations. Um, I guess, John, before we get into the questions, just you you are one of the folks, uh, you were probably the loudest voice that I've heard throughout the season saying he will be gone by the end of the year. Um, so what do you think? And, and actually, this it's a good way to lead in. James Campos on the mailbag. You can email us, mailbag at gmail.com. Most of the questions coming in on the mailbag are things I would ask you if I was just sitting doing a sit-down with you about this, John. You've been saying all along that Easterby would be gone by the end of the year. So here's James's question, I think, which echoes what a lot of people think. Why mutually agree to part ways with Easterby now 
Why not before the start of the season or even after the season? Uh, thanks, guys. Really good pod content. So, John, yeah, I think that's a big question everybody has is why week seven to fire Jack Easterby? As I tweeted yesterday, if this is a mutually agreed to part ways, I look like Brad Pitt. And I haven't looked like Brad Pitt in 30 years. And he was fired, pure and simple. You know, I thought, and I sat on 610 right before the season, I thought he'd be gone after the season. I thought it would be a quote-unquote resignation. He'd walk away with a few million. He's walking away with a few million. It's not a resignation. It's a firing. And why now I have not been able to find out that he did anything. He'd become inconsequential. As I said, he had his footballs cut off after last season. He'd been emasculated. I think the final straw for him Maybe he didn't know it was when they kicked him off the sideline where he'd been for the last three seasons. Levy Smith didn't want him down there. So they they sent him uh, to the booth upstairs with other with the coaches. And so I knew then he was going to be gone. And uh, why do it in the bye week? Well, it was the bye week. Maybe that had to do with it. But I don't think it was any one thing. I think you go back to training camp, Sean, we saw – Cal and Hannah McNair much more up front than they'd been in the past. They would come to some practices, not come. They were there every day. They spent time talking to the media. They did the thing where Cal cooked burgers with you and, and uh, Ron Hughley. They had the thing, the haircuts, everybody in the media and fans were involved. They've been more out front. And the more out front they were, the more Easterby faded into the background. So I'm guessing that they've known for a while they wanted to do it. They were wanting to make sure they got all their ducks in a row. And bye week's always a good time to fire a coach if you're going to do it. And because uh, teams have an extra week to prepare for the next game in this in this situation, they did it with Easter B, and he's gone. He walks away with a lot of money, same as Bill O'Brien, same as Brian Gain, and Rick Smith, who resigned because of his wife's illness in the first year of a five-year contract. So, John, I guess as a follow-up to that, like what changed? You know, at some point, Jack Easterby was arguably the most powerful guy within the organization without the last name McNair, and then you just said at some point he got his footballs cut, cut off. Like what what changed you know what was the um, trigger mechanism first of all he was never more powerful than the gm he answered bill o'brien bill could have fired him anytime he wanted and they were real close for a while and like i wrote my column on gallerysports.com people that know o'brien say now if he was next to easterby and easterby was on fire and there was a fire hose he wouldn't pick it up and put it out and because he knew uh, Easterby backstabbing him to help get rid of him so he could be the interim general manager. And so uh, one of the big deals that Easterby did, oh, and when when uh, when uh, he got executive VP on his title, he got a new five-year contract, and that would have been uh, when Casario came in. And there's some people trying to say Casario wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. That's not true. The McNairs tried to hire uh, tried to hire Casario when Rick Smith left because Bill O'Brien knew him and wanted him. And uh, Bill Belichick said no. Then after they hired Easterby, they tried again and failed. Tampering charges were threatened. Then the rules changed, and they got him. And yes, did he recommend him? Of course he did. As as Casario told us, they're friends. And then uh, 
they're good friends. And so I guarantee you, Sario had no idea about how people felt about Jack down here. And, and go back to the uh, Josh McCown situation. Mm -hmm. When Easterby was hired as the, as promoted to interim GM, one, he didn't do a lot of personnel decisions, and he didn't do anything without per consulting personnel people, interim coach Romeo Cannell. But one thing he did do was he signed Josh McCown. And I had people tell me, those guys are really tight. And somewhere along the line, they bonded because of the ministries and the FCA. They're both very, very religious. And they said, these people told me, you watch Easterby, try to get him the head coaching job. And he got the interview when they hired David Cully. I was told that uh, they wanted Cully to hire him, but uh, Cully wouldn't do it because McCown wanted to be off so he could go coach his kids too. And that wouldn't have been fair to the other coaches. And so he didn't do it. And then, of course, uh, Easterby and McCown somehow convinced the McNairs and Casario that he would be a good choice to be the next head coach in place of David Culley. And somebody came to their senses. Was it Casario? Maybe. It, I wouldn't be surprised it wasn't Hannah McNair, whose influence has grown in the organization. But they came to their senses, and when they backed off, and they interviewed Lovey and promoted him, and it met with universal approval from current players, former players, media, that Easterby, who had pushed – McCown was upset that McCown didn't get the job and showed his true colors. And one reason, if he'd have gotten that job, Sean, can you mm -hmm. imagine oh. how McCown would have owed Easterby? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that kind of started it. And uh, and it was a combination of things. Remember that time he did that interview with those people in Philadelphia? Those the two teenagers? kids. Yeah. yeah. And then McNair's found out about it. And they, their executives are not supposed to be doing any interviews without approval, other than Casario, of course, the mm -hmm. coaches. And I was told, he told them he did it to benefit them, and they didn't like that. And then there was a lot of things that people had been writing and broadcasting about Jack that had been embarrassing the organization for a while. But somehow they, they just thrust him into the background. He no longer had any control and media relations, and last year he did. This year he had none. We didn't see much at camp. We did. He's on the other side of the field. He wasn't coming over trying to take credit for things like he did in the past. Mm -hmm. um, John, at some point, do you think we see another SI.com article come out about Easterby with people telling more anecdotes about behind the scenes? I don't know. He'd become so inconsequential. Now he's gone. You know, what would be the interest? I was amazed they put him on the cover of their magazine. There's a guy with the Texans, a team nobody cared about outside Houston. And then you're putting their executive on there. I don't think we'll see a third, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating story how he got to where he got to. But I think unless there's something that's happened behind the scenes that's that rises above the bar of juicy, you know, compared to the things that he was uh, accused of or um, the things that people said he did in the previous articles, like having players tailed by private investigators and things like that. Unless there's something that rises above that, then I just feel like it's beating a dead horse. It's just piling on at this point, which I'm not necessarily opposed to with Jack Easterby if people want to want to pile on. All right, we got a lot of Easterby questions, John, so let's get to these. We're not, we're not going to be able to get to all of them here. Um, 
But along those lines with McCall, with uh, McCown, this is from Joe. Joe Q says, uh, I believe you said Jack was pushing to hire Josh McCown. Was Nick on board with that or was it Jack just working the back door with Cal? If Nick was supportive of hiring McCown, can we really trust Nick despite positive signs in drafting and the free agent bargain bin? They were about to hire they were about to hire Josh McCown and Nick Casario was on board with it. And what does that have to do with trusting? That doesn't have Jack to do with squat. Uh, he was in on that. He was in on the hiring of Lovey. You know, he made the decision to hire Lovey. The McNair signed off on it. Easterby had no say over that. Easterby was in, involved in the interviews, one of several, but he had no say. That was all Nick Casario. So if they had hired McCown, the McNairs would have been blasted and Casario would have been blasted. And of course, uh, Easterby would have been blasted because it was well known that he was pushing McCown like crazy when he had no experience beyond high school. So is Josh McCown out of our lives now, John? Is this the last we hear of Josh McCown in the Texans head coaching job with Easterby gone? It's interesting. A couple of reporters, not from the Houston area, have gone to Rusk and done stories on him. And he doesn't talk much about what happened with the Texans. Lovey Smith loves McCown. He coached him in Chicago. He coached him in Tampa. Thinks he's going to be a great coach. But if I'm Josh McCown and my second son is about to graduate from high school, first one went to Colorado, second one's going to go somewhere, and I'm ready to go into the NFL, I'm certainly not coming to the team that pulled the rug out from under me. No. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, thanks for the question, Joe. Um, Omar C. says, so just thought I'd ask, where does this day, meaning yesterday, with the Easter beginning fired, uh, rank among the greatest days in franchise history? He gives his own opinion here and says, I think beating the Cowboys is number one. Maybe the J.J. Watt pick six in the playoffs is number two. Is this the number three greatest day in the history of the franchise, John? No, the first greatest day in the history of the franchise was in October of 19." 19- 99 when they were granted when they were when, the when they when we found out that we found out Houston was pregnant with a football team yeah and then <laughs> the second of course was Cowboys and you can't beat playoff victories and uh you know Easterby didn't affect the product on the field I wrote a story for sportsradio610.com and right up the top I said this isn't going to affect the players that he had nothing to do with the players and I would put this behind O'Brien's firing so you thought the O'Brien firing was was more significant than this one? Oh, he had a much bigger role. Well, he used to be didn't make trades and he didn't coach and he didn't have control. No, he, over the he, game day roster. No, and I'm not and I'm not arguing with you that the O'Brien any anytime a head coach gets fired, but boy, John, I there's not been a more controversial person that I can remember in recent NFL history that didn't have the title of head coach nor general manager than Jack Easterby. And I think it's a I, I don't think it's I don't think we can completely divorce him of what was going on on the field. He was the one that was with Bill O'Brien in lockstep, making all these moves that led to the decimation of what was a pretty decent roster. Uh, you know, Jack Easter, there's blood on the dismantling of this team on Jack Easterby's hands. I know Bill knew Bill O'Brien very well. Nobody told Bill O'Brien what to do. And Jack Easterby may have said, Bill, I think we should do this. And then, Bill, I'll do what I want to do, Jack. And Bill did what he wanted to do, and the McNair signed off on it. No, I get that. But can't you see Jack gassing Bill up to making these moves? Like, you know, saying, oh, yeah, you especially getting rid of Hopkins. I think supporting him. If Bill said, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna trade Clowney and I'm gonna trade Hopkins. I yeah. think Easterby Price said, Yeah, Bill, those are great moves. Yeah. After they were over, man, you did a great job. Okay, is it a top ten day in the history of the franchise? I would say yes, it's top ten, somewhere close to ten after victories and firing uh, Bill O'Brien. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And not because of Bill the coach, Bill because of the general manager. Uh, what was the low point for you, John, with the whole Easterby thing? Like, at what point – this isn't a mailback question. This is a Sean Pendergast question. Like, at what point – like, what was the nadir of this whole thing for you? Like, the very bottom of the whole Easterby experience. Was it the Hopkins <laughs> trade? Was it the day J.J. Watt left? Like, when was wh – where was where was the point where you're like, this is the worst – this is the worst time I can remember in the history of this franchise? Well, first of all, he didn't trade Hopkins. That was all O'Brien. And – uh you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to leave was because he thought the franchise was going down the toilet. And uh, the thing to me that was the low point of Jack Easterby's influence mm -hmm. with this organization is when we show up for practice and they pass out rosters and all the PR guys hand me, they hand me rosters and they got this look on their face like, you ain't going to believe this. And there's no numbers on the rosters. And I walk over to Cal McNair and I handed him a roster. I said, hey, tell me what number so-and-so is. Oh, boy. And he looks at it and he goes, well, this roster doesn't have any numbers. <laughs> I said, no bleep. He said, why is that? I said, hey, ask Easterby. That's the way the Patriots tried to do it one time. And the NFL players, I mean, the NFL, Pro Football Writers of America and the league told them don't do it. And so right then I thought, my God, this guy has this power to embarrass this organization in this manner that made him an even bigger laughing stock. That was okay. So the day that there were no no names and numbers on the roster was a lower day in the Eastern. No, they had names. They had names. Okay. They just didn't have numbers. And that's a lower day in the Easterby Pantheon than the day J.J. Watt decided to leave in part because Jack Easterby is a horrible human being? No, it wasn't because he's a horrible human being. I'm talking about something he was directly he did. I responsible got you. for. I got you. Okay. See, because I look at You can't pin a defeat on him. You can't pin a, a trade on him. Those were O'Brien heating out. When he was interim GM, yeah. if he'd have made a stupid trade, we could blame that on him because he had final say. I don't know, but John. I, Jack he did told a lot of things behind the scenes in which he had – that were stupid. Yeah, that he had total control of. I don't know, John. I, I, you know, like out. It gets real hot out of training camp, and then one day magically, there's that tent we got to stand under, and there was cold water for everybody. I mean, Jack told me that that was, you know, that he was the one who uh, who rubber stamped that and green lighted th those things. Yeah, and if Jack rubber stamped and green lighted that, I look like Brad Pitt again. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com. We're going to get a few more of these in, John. I know you got another radio hit you need to do. Um, Jim and Katie, John, in the wake of the Easterby firing, why are you – or I'm sorry, who are you most happy for, and why is it Andre Johnson? <laughs> well, if Andre wants to come back into the organization, I know Mother McNair's like him and respect him, 
and he were he he did it a year working with a special advisor with O'Brien. He was always out at practice. He always looked like the receivers that stayed in great shape. And then in August of 220, he quit. And that was that was a few weeks before O'Brien getting fired. And he was outspoken about Easterby, the only one who would put his name on it. And so I think that the McNair should reach out to see, and they'd have to get Casario. He would have to agree to it. Lovey Smith would have to agree to it and bring Andre Johnson back in the organization. I think that would be tremendous. I remember Bum Phillips. He would not come back in an Oilers organization as long as general manager Lad Herzig was there because he knew Herzig had undermined him and caused him to be fired. And when Herzig was fired, then Bum came back in the broadcast mode. So hopefully Andre Johnson will come back in coaching or player relations. Yeah. He, John, uh, since yesterday, Andre's been kind of uh, vocal on social media once again, you know, posting a lot of very encouraging pictures on there for Andre Johnson fans. All right, let's uh, let's keep it going. Um, Wes asks, uh, he says that uh, some of the articles about Easterby talked about him having players tailed. What insights can you give about the players feeling spied upon and followed when Easterby was at his prime power? Did you ever talk to any players about that, John? No, that was during, uh, in one of the Sports Illustrated articles, one player, yeah. said he thought that he was being tailed and it was because of Easterby. Yeah. And everybody I talked to in the organization said nobody had proof of that. Mm -hmm. Player saw somebody sitting in a car outside his house and tried to put two and two together to make four. But I don't think Easterby did that. All right. Chris in Atlanta says it's well known Easterby has strong ties with Brandon Cooks. With Easterby gone, could that lead to Cooks being traded? Or will John hit me with a, that is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. To be honest, I'm here for either result, Chris says. <laughs> I don't say that's the dumbest. I say it's one of the dumbest things <laughs> I've ever seen. One of, yeah, What I they mean, need to do is help him get an average per catch of more than 9.5 yards. And in Easterby's defense, he's the one that recommended Cooks to O'Brien. He had two, two second-round picks. The Rams wanted to unload him in his contract, and Easterby and Cooks had bonded in New England, and he recommended him, and it turned out to be a great move. And there are players in the organization who like Easterby. There's people in the organization who he hired who are sad that he went. But overall, there's celebration yeah. around NRG Stadium. Troy, who runs Texans Cap, is asking about the transition of salary cap management from Easterby to Casario. Of course, Easterby was the interim GM for a little while before Casario got hired. Uh, did that transition immediately from Easterby over to Casario? Was Easterby still involved in any contract negotiations once Casario got here? How did that How did that transition of power from interim GM Easterby to GM Casario play out, John? The reason Easterby was involved in contracts is because O'Brien, as GM, didn't want to do it. He kept his fingers in it. Chris Olson did it, and he was great. And they got rid of him. He's in Atlanta. And uh, he had the cap under control and everything else. So uh, Jack, in his negotiations, gave Watson that incredible contract. He gave Larry Tunsil that incredible contract. He let uh, DJ Reader go and re-signed Whitney Merciless. Now, these are all things O'Brien signed off on, but Casario did all that with New England. And when he came in, he wanted to do it, so he took it over. So right now, 
they're going to be uh, they're going to be about 80 million under the cap the way they're projected which he's not going to go crazy and try can you imagine Casario going crazy in anything uh wow. but he will i believe Sean sign a couple of well-known big name free agents that need positions which they haven't been able to do in quite a while all right, Matthew Kosecki asks, at the beginning of the passive-aggressive legendary Watson trade request, uh, that was most people's breaking point with Easterby. What if there was no Easterby to push Watson to make the trade request? Um, would the Texans – could the Texans have avoided any of this fall from grace? I think the, I think what he's asking, John, is Easterby was a big part of reportedly why, why you know Deshaun was disenchanted with the organization. If there were no Easterby and Deshaun was okay with the Texans – moving forward, what would have happened given the fact that all of those allegations would have come to light at some point? Would they have traded well, him still? He would. Well, I, here's the deal. When he said after his last game here, there are people in the organization who think they have more power than they should. He was talking about Jack. At that time, players were worried that Jack was going to finagle getting the GM job are somehow running personnel, and they don't want to have any part of it because they thought they'd go straight down the toilet. Now, they have gone straight down the toilet, but that's what Casario was hired to do, rebuild. So I think if Jack had never been in that position, that Watson never would have issued a trade demand, then he would continue to be the Texans' problem and not the Browns. All right. Uh, last one here, John, and then we'll uh, we'll get out. What was one of the most insane things that you had heard Easterby did behind the scenes you you talked about a couple i i don't have it I, I really don't have behind the scenes stories john i guess the closest thing i have was i was at that dinner that easterby had with about i don't know a dozen or so media members yeah the one i wasn't invited to and i he, wouldn't have showed up if i were right 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 i went to it mostly out of curiosity and because the meal was at prego which is a delicious italian restaurant in the village oh yeah it's a good spot um so i um I guess the weirdest thing that I that came out of that for me was Easterby literally said the words, I've never lied in that sit down dinner. Like he literally said that he said, I have never lied. And I felt like saying you're lying right now by saying that you've never lied. Like, what are you and doing? He blamed O'Brien for everything, everything. He blamed Bill O'Brien for everything. It's amazing, John, with as many things as have gone wrong for the Texans in the last three years and as few things as have gone right for the Texans that Jack Easterby had nothing to do with any of the things that went wrong. And lo and behold, the things that went right, those all those were all things that wound up on his ticket, according to Jack. I've got a couple behind the scenes, John. One, for some reason, and Bill, somebody convinced Bill to do this. He invited the media to come down to one of their meeting rooms, and he showed they had this thing. I'm guessing Easterby was buying this. All these bullet points of where they were, what they were planning to do, how they were going to do it. And I was kind of in the back of the room and I, Jack was in front of me and I, I didn't, we didn't speak, but that's the first time I'd seen him up close. And every time Bill made a point, his head was bobbing up and down like a bobblehead. And I thought right then he's behind this because this is not the kind of thing Bill does hmm. to try to curry favors with the media. And the other thing I remember was, um, talking to him in 2020 when he was an interim GM. And he asked me, we talked once a week back then. We haven't talked but once since. But one time uh, he asked me if I would do a story on him. I said, of course, I'd like to do one. Trade deadline's coming up. 
you know, you're the interim GM. You've got some players here that are tradable. No, 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 no. I don't talk about that football stuff. I'm talking about personal stuff. If you're interested in doing a story on me, I'll give you the numbers of some people who'll say good things about me. And I said, no offense, but I'm not interested in that. I want to know about you as a GM. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't interested in that. So I didn't do the story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I was told at that dinner that, um, let's see, what else? Oh, he challenged, he said, I guess he brought up the Sports Illustrated stories, mm-hmm. and he said nobody criticized him off the record. And Landry Rocker looks up and goes, well, Andre Johnson has two times. <laughs> and I don't know what his response was, but I, I, I don't remember. much he could say about that. No. Because Andre had been outspoken. Uh, as a as an had been an outspoken critic. Yep, Andre wins, no doubt. All right, John. Uh, Hou mailbag at gmail is where people can get get at us, and we we got a bunch of questions still sitting in the. We got some dry powder for next week's mailbag because this was a this was all Easterby questions that we got today. But this is the biggest news, John. This the firing of Easterby is probably the biggest news since what the firing of O'Brien back in twenty twenty. I agree, it has been maybe Aaron Casario, but. Uh, Boy, this has been an unbelievable week, and uh, hopefully for the Texans and their fans, they'll stun the Raiders in Las Vegas, and we'll be previewing that game uh, real soon. Yep, tomorrow. We're going to record that tomorrow, and you guys will have it later this week, and uh, it's good to talk a little football again after a bye week that uh, I was spent in uh, Kansas City with a lot of loud Chiefs fans watching that Chiefs and Bills game. John, I know you got a bolt. Always fun to do this with you, as always, my friend. Sean, thank you very much. I'm glad you had a good time in Kansas City. You saw another really good game, and uh, I hope we'll see a really good game on Sunday in Las Vegas. I do, too. I do, too. We'll talk more about it in tomorrow's podcast. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting the podcast out there to all of you and all of you for downloading, sharing, subscribing. We appreciate you. Tell a friend about the Utopia Football Podcast. You can get it on odyssey.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I am Sean Pendergast. He is John McClain. We are out of time. We will see all of you tomorrow for a preview of the Week 7 matchup between the Texans and the Raiders. Until then, hope you enjoyed the mailbag. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody.